Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org, where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Megan. Hello, I am Megan and I am a compulsive overeater and bulimic. Yes, and um, I have been coming to the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous for over 12 years. Um, this is my second round of abstinence, which I'm in my fourth year, um, moving to my fifth. Um, I wanted to show a little bit of my journey. Um, so let's see. This is um, what I was like before I came into program. Um, you can see me in the middle. Those are my two best friends at the time. I have other best friends. One of them is on here from program. Um, and um, I had no idea I was obese, none whatsoever. I was a Midwestern girl. They just said I was just a big bones. Not the truth. I was addicted to fast food. Um, I met a woman and um, my Eskimo and I came in a program um, that 12 years ago and that was me after about um, 12 years, I mean, sorry, about two years um, in when I started to feel things started to move my body, started to watch what I ate for the first time ever, just didn't eat out of emotion. I worked the steps and that was me, the thinnest, the fittest of my entire life. Um, I, uh, I, just so you know, I was 210 pounds in the seventh grade. So this was the smallest I've ever been in my life. Still not that way today. And then um, left the rooms, went back to this woman right here, bigger than the woman before. And then this is pretty much how I am today, um, fluctuating here and there, but that 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 is who I am today. Um, and for the last um, four years, pretty much, I've been in the same size, um, you know, and uh, just so you know, that's where I am today. Um, and I was really thinking about, I was like, oh, light a candle, that's for like people with like you know, crazy amounts of recovery and all of this, but the speaker heard something in my home meeting. My home meeting is the Sunday night women's meeting um, at the cottage, even though we're in Zoom um, um, in Santa Monica. And um, I've been going to that meeting regularly holding a service commitment um, since I moved um, to the West side um, for about three and a half years. And um, it is my mainstay, I'm currently the treasurer um, I have a sponsor um, um, that I call. I probably should call her more than I do. And I say that because there's sometimes I just don't want to face um, what I have to face. And so um, I just wanted to show the visual journey because, you know, we passed pictures. Um, I know there were a lot of new people, um, which has been good because I haven't had the opportunity to be a lot of um, newcomers in OA via Zoom. Um, so welcome Dan, Liz, Steve, 
happy 30 days, Monica, Diane, and Mark. Um, I find that it is um, very, um, I, I feel like it's um, so important to come because I take for granted, um, especially this go around, um, that I have the freedom to know my emotional life is out of balance and it can knock me right out of abstinence again. And so that's what I wanted to talk a little bit about recovery and um, all of us as the world is opening up, some slower than others. Um, since we have people from all over, I think there was someone from Canada to, you know, all over the world, just to see how that that's working. And um, um, to bring it current, the last March and April were excruciating for me in many ways, many, many ways. My job, I was in complete burnout and um, I'm not complaining because there are a lot of people in my business that never worked during COVID and I worked a lot. Um, but what happened to me in that burnout that relates to why I'm speaking today, I stopped putting my food in the Weight Watchers app. And that's something I do. That's something that helps me because before program, as you guys saw those pictures, I was an obese woman. I had no connection to the food I put in my mouth and what appeared on my body. That was the disease. That was my eating disorder um, that I didn't know I was using to protect me from inter interacting with humans, from dealing with my problems. I had no idea. And so I have to be accountable of what I put, with the food I put in, I have to write it down. I have to um, look at it. So when it's off, um, one of my spiritual barometers, which um, um, I don't have it, it's, it's my bookshelf, but it's the um, um, Recovery to Relapse book. It's a green book, unless they've updated an edition. Um, there's um, a story called My Spiritual Barometer, and it's about a woman who needs to eat half her plate of vegetables. If she she knows she's out of balance when half of her plate is not, are not vegetables. And um, I love that because it immediately helps me to say, okay, how do I eat? And um, I had been actually losing during quarantine, not trying, um, but I just think I wasn't around extra things in life. Um, and my house was the way I eat all the time and I started losing. And then I realized March and April when work got too big, I would be like, uh, I'm not gonna write it down. I'm eating the same thing every week. Like I, I order, um, I was ordering from a food delivery service. So, you know, nothing was really coming in, but what happened, and I'm sure a lot of us have this, um, this experience, if you get a physical injury, and you can't move your body like you used to be able to. When you're hurt and like me, I don't want to have anyone take care of me. And that, and, and that also includes a higher power. <laughs> um, and just so you know, I have a secular higher power. I um, um, am an atheist. Um, I don't want to trust that things will come out all right with my, sh my shoulder injury. I start to go in self-pity. I start to just revert back to when there's an injury. I, I had sh shoulder bursitis and I just started going back to a lot of old habits. But because I have program, those old habits, and I'm so brainwashed into what I did, I didn't completely fall off. And when um, I was asked to speak, 
I start saying, what am I going to speak about? You know, because I'm very grateful. I said, well, I have to speak about how I'm not going to diet down, getting back or in a very rigid way, get myself back into balance of program. Um, because I'm not eating to go to a size 28 again. Um, but I know my values or the way I prioritize my daily life has to be rearranged where when I wake up, it's in gratitude. It's in thinking about somebody else so that I can come back into balance and stay as a right-sized individual. And so um, to do that, um, I just wrote, wrote down some things that I actually do. I, did, I didn't even look at the book. I didn't even look at my journal. I just wrote down things that I do. One of those is I call people. I call people. I don't keep things a secret anymore. So like, um, for instance, um, one of my immediate tools that I got that helps me stay out of food, helps me um, not get fully taken into food obsession, even though I do have food thoughts, that's very real. Um, I do, um, but I've had enough experience away from the obsession. I understand it's just kind of the way I function when I'm under stress. I think about a restaurant that I maybe haven't had been to in 10 years, but I think about it. Um, and a lot of those things for me, I found healthier, saner things to eat to help me through. And I'm very blessed that I can do that, but there's some things I just can't eat ever. So anyway, I call someone and I say, hey, something is up. Um, I don't know what it is. I'm a person who runs from feelings. When I was a kid, um, one of the first things I learned to do, I realized I was uh, um, having crushes on women. And I was like, something is, something is. So I decided to start bulimia. That makes sense in my mind to run from that feeling, run from that feeling um, and start bulimia, eating a lot of food and purging it out. And so now today, instead of doing that with my food, when something is amiss, I call someone, text someone, I let someone know what's up. Um, I also read, I read. Um, I have a lot of books um, for program and also out to program that help me learn how to manage my emotions, especially when I don't know what's happening to me. You know, um, I'm still grasping what happened to me in the burnout. You know, that's just how slow I am to react to my emotional life. And um, so I read and then I write. I have journals upon journals upon journals. And that, that's my life. Um, and so um, another thing is I make sure that this is the way I think about life. And I do whatever I can to stay in this zone, to stay hopeful, to stay open-minded and to stay willing. So I have to be, even though I got out of a habit um, of working out with my trainer via Zoom, walking once a day outside of my house, um, using my, my glider in my house because of my, my shoulder bursitis, like my physical therapist, my chiropractor, like stop, you know, stop, stop, stop to protect your shoulder. Now I know I've healed or in the process of really healing that, I've got to get back into it. So I've got to start thinking, 
you know, when I move my body for me, when I move my body, my portions get lower. When I also look at my portions, things get lower, things come more in balance and I don't have to think about anything, planning food. Even though my food generally look, looks the same every week, it's very simple. Um, it's still something I just have to recommit to. And I go right back into that habit and I keep doing it. And the one, another thing that I do is I get on more meetings. I get on more meetings, I sit, I turn my screen off and I listen and I just have you share your strength, experience and hope so that my how, my um, can just stay there because um, these are some feelings that I deal with that have not went away. I haven't had anything in life that has really made me how do I want to put it? Um, not, okay. I have a feeling um, and a deep seated thought that I know is not true that I'm, a, I'm unlovable, okay? Through program, when I came in, I hated myself because I told, I did everything to numb out to not feel myself, to not be myself. Now, I love myself. There's some things that I might not like that are going on, but I love myself. So with that, when I hear that unlovable thought that comes up, I can address it and say, thank you, I don't need it. I don't need you, thank, thank you for showing up. And that came from a lot of work, you know, um, I was told I was unlovable by a parent, by both parents actually. And I put all of that weight, I put those eight, sorry, those, yeah, it was basically different times in my life. I put eight tires because the weight I lost was about 80 pounds, which is about four car tires. I put that on my body so that I wouldn't have to deal with that core issue. So when that comes up, when that, that's my major trigger. So whether it's something at work, whether it's us being locked in our houses and I'm totally single. Um, and I'm like, it's been two months since I've seen a human being without a mask on in person. What do I do that is not self-destructive um, to myself or others? Um, that I can do to deal with that issue. And so um, that, that, that lie, that, that, that feeling that I have, because I have people in my life who love me. Um, I know they love me today. I, I can feel that, but that thought is still there um, sometimes and it's greater than others. That is what I know with all the things that have happened drove me to comfort myself with food. And so, um, and other things. But, um, so I have to do that basic, that basic thing plus an, an, another thing for people who, um, you know, have um, given away weight and program. I'm pretty sure buttoning your pants is something I have to do all the time. I have jeans and I have shorts. And during COVID, um, I don't like clothes that much anyway. 
but during COVID became kind of optional, especially working from home, which I was fortunate to do, I would put on jeans and be in my house. That was very important to me um, to just connect to my body when I felt lonely, when I felt scared, um, when um, the big Randy's donuts down the street seemed like a good option, like a good option. And I was like, that's a crazy option. That option is gonna lead me nowhere that I wanna go. So that now today I can go in public and then not be able to button my shorts. I button my shorts the whole time when I was out in public. You know, I don't hate myself talking to you. I'm not stuffed um, and that's wonderful. So that's a little bit about how I work my program, just how I, how I live my life. And it's a um, life where even though I have not had a long-term relationship, love relationship, I don't have children. Um, I actually found out I could not have children in program. Um, that was one of the things that I ran from when I um, had my, my relapse. Um, and I had to lovingly, lovingly deal with a lot of those issues with outside help, with friends in this program. Um, but today I have a nephew, he is five, and he is the light of my life. I've also been able to turn a lot of that pain and shame around with these steps by, um, I'm gonna go to step 12 in the OA 12 and 12. Um, and just cherry pick some lines, but just tell you how I'm so grateful that I had the courage to face my uncomfortability with not feeling good enough to not balloon up for the third time. Um, and so today, every day, I'm really grateful that I get to be an auntie to him and not say, I wish I had a kid. I can literally just be an aunt and that's okay. Um, because um, even when things happen to us, which we don't like, we know we have a way of facing each situation squarely and sanely. I like that squarely part. The sanely, I love to. I love that I don't have to get out of my car and be covered in chocolate uh, because that's a favorite thing of mine, but I don't have to do that today. Um, but squarely, um, I gave a nine um, step amends to his mother. Um, she used to abuse my brother. She still kind of does periodically. And my brother left his speakerphone on. She didn't hang up the phone. And my brother was living with me at the time, crying on and off about how this woman would just verbally abuse him. And I said, was she acting crazy? My brother, she heard that. So did my steps again with my sponsor and had to make an amends. I made an amends and it was my only amends that I've made the three times I've done the amends process during, that was awful. She didn't receive it at all. So I went to my nephew's first birthday party, didn't go to two, three, four was COVID. And then the fifth one, we all got vaccinated and I you know, asked, could I go? She was fine. 
and her and I have been able to talk. She's actually gonna let my nephew travel with us out of state. And I think that's a testament to program. It's not a testament to me. Um, I also can tell you when my nephew was first born, I ate bagels on the way, like bagels upon bagels upon bagels on the way to see him for the first time. He was a preemie born premature and that was right before I got abstinent again. I don't have to eat bagels anymore to um, see a child that's related to me. That's not my actual child. And that is, um, it's amazing um, that that's, that's my life today. Um, I'm gonna continue this. Um, we have seen that our higher power will reveal something of value to us with every experience, as long as we continue practicing this way, this new way of life. My um, brother, my nephew's baby's mother, him being a um, preemie, they didn't have the money to be able to take care of him his first year the way he needed to be because he couldn't go to preschool. Because I live here in LA, I've made a career of my life um, since I, um, anyway, I had some money and I was able to pay for that nanny for my nephew for his first year of life. Now he's five years old at three years old. He totally caught up being, being another kid. Um, you know, like a, a, the quote unquote normal kid, he passed all the tests. And I'm so grateful that I had that extra money to give to, give to him. And um, I can see that now there's sometimes aunties or women in the world who don't have children. I can be of use in other ways. You know, um, I took him to go get his nine month shots. His other aunts, they had their kids. Um, and the mother just couldn't, couldn't get off of work. My brother, I forget where he was, but I took him to get his, his nine month shots because I was available to do it. And that's how I kind of live my life in so many other areas of my life. I also, um, have had to really trust. I've had to really, really trust that. And it's hard for me to trust, especially because, of no supernatural, thing out there, but I have to trust that there are people who are abstaining, going through the same thing I'm going through somewhere. And that really, really works for me because I've heard my story in various different ways. There was one gentleman, um, when I used to live in the Valley in LA, I now live in the West side LA for people who don't know. Um, and he came up to me and he said, I've never been in a long-term relationship and I've never had kids. And it ate me up for the first 20 years of my recovery, but I'm still here. And he came up to me and we never talked. We just always saw each other across the room because I used to be the, the literature. I used to, that was my meeting. I gave service in there. And um, I don't know that sort of connectedness, that sort of groundedness helps me so that when I know that there's someone else out there like me, there's someone else out there like me that needs to hear my experience, strength, and hope. Um, and um, yeah. The last thing that I'm going to share 
is there's a part in the book that always gives me chills with step 12. Um, and it says, those of us who live this program don't simply carry the message, we are the message. Um, when I hear other people read it in meetings, I normally like tear up, but I do believe we all are the message and I see it. Um, I had a sponsor that I was with for eight years um, and I'm a double winner in the beverage program, food program. I like to be sponsored by women who are single women, who um, are ex-fat chicks who don't drink. That really, really helps me. And this woman being with her as she um, died always, even when I was at her house once and um, her plumbing went insane. I mean, so insane that like there was water shooting out of the lawn. It was just so no cursing, no yelling at people to get it fixed. No, and she wasn't doing it because I was there. That's how she's learned to operate her life. She had serenity within her life that when something so out of the ordinary would happen, she could function no matter what. She also, the type of person, how, how, I, how I eat, we eat the same things all the time. When we go to the restaurant, we eat the same things all the time. Um, so that we can function when things are insane, you know? Um, and that is what it is. I also have um, other friends who I see the way that they maintain because they keep their regular meeting commitments and it's a habit. It's one of those really healthy habits. And so if you don't take anything else from what I'm saying today, changing your behavior around food is possible in Overeaters Anonymous. I am a person that loves to fall asleep with a full belly. I don't do that anymore. Um, I'm a person that likes to zone out and not deal with reality. When I don't deal with reality now, I may take a nap. I may go to bed early, but because I'm very present, I wake up and I'm in life. I wake up and I'm in life. When it gets too much for me, I pick up the phone. It may seem very simple, but it's very hard because I feel my emotions. Um, even though I might not be able to know why I'm feeling emotions, um, but I feel them and I know that they're not going to kill me. My emotions aren't going to kill me today. And I'm hoping that um, I'm able to be strong enough to keep having the willingness to do things I don't want to, to get back into the program way of my food plan that has sustained me this long so that I can hopefully be here, you know, 
the next day, the next day, and the next day, because I have the, 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 the memory of how I fell out before. And that's because I got overwhelmed at work. I stopped actively committing what I was eating and planning. I still was going to meetings. I've never stopped. My story is I've never stopped going to meetings. But what I have to remember is my disease has me check out of what I look like physically, what I eat daily, and um, life starts to become fixated on what I'm eating versus of actually what I'm doing in life. And so um, today, um, I'm aware of it and I button my pants, my shorts that I've had for four years, quite amazing. I actually was the first time in my life I had my inner thighs wear out from wearing the same pair of jeans. And that for this person was like, I was like, whoa, this is what happens when clothes get old. You know, because that had, that was, you know, since the first time, even though I was very much thinner, it was the, the first time ever that that happened. And I just thought it was just, I was like, oh, this is normal life. Um, for me, it was amazing. And so um, I'm going to get to see my nephew July 4th. Um, and I hope I get to be of service to my family when I'm there. Um, I am going to open it up for questions. Um, and um, thank you very much for letting me speak tonight. Thank you. Thanks, Megan. That's great. Uh, thanks for your wonderful lead. Um, so whoever would like to ask a question, please raise your hand under the reactions tab and we'll call on you to uh, ask your question. Who would like to go first? Bonnie Jo. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Bonnie Jo. I'm a compulsive eater and restrictor. Thank you, Megan, for your share, for your honesty, for your readings, for your program. Uh, my question is, you said you had a, a secular higher power, and um, I've heard some other speakers talk about their agnostic and atheism and uh, in this meeting and other meetings. I'm just wondering what you meant by a secular higher power. Thank you. I'll go to mute. Um, well, when they say um, higher power as, you know, you understand them, for me, um, even though one of my girlfriends, like it's spiritual, I've never seen a sign where birds, even though there's climate change going on, whether you believe it or not, parts of the world are warmer than not, winters, it's a different season, birds never have a sign that says, we'll work for food, birds are still eating. Um, and so I trust that what keeps the birds eating, um, what gravity is, that sort of thing that, that keeps us down. If something that powerful can do that, which really humans don't understand, like humans can't say, oh, I make the birds eat or I um, keep gravity in place. They keep my apartment on the ground. I know if somebody stands me up, there's something higher than the person that stood me up. And so that's, I, I use that, that power, which humans can't really understand. They, they don't understand that yet. And so that, that works for me. I don't think of um, Yahweh or 
you know, Vishnu, those, those sort of gods, you know, and I, I, I don't pray. I, I don't, I don't pray. So hopefully that makes sense for me, but everybody who's secular has di different beliefs, but that's, that's mine. Thanks, Megan. Now I got a, um, a message in the chat, someone who I don't know if she's able to, or, or I'm not sure the gender of the person, but if they're able to raise their hand, uh, JW, if you'd like to ask your question. Hi, uh, Oh, I think you're muted. Hi, uh, Jory, compulsive overeater, bulimic restrictor. I just, um, I'm new in the program and I just wanted to know if you had any advice for newcomers. Welcome. Um, it, it would be interesting for me to be here um, via Zoom. Um, but for me, what I did was I went to many meetings. That was the type of person, I, that's the kind of life that I had. I went to many meetings. I also, um, I know this is may seem strange, but fellowshipping and watching how other program members eat. That was very helpful for me. Um, there are certain restaurants I can go to around the city of Los Angeles and I know what to order, just watching them eat. And I would be like, oh, I mean, it was just very, very, and I was like, that's a portion. That's, I mean, literally, I, that's how I had to learn. And so learning to eat in fellowship and bringing program into reality, you know, like, like bringing real life to meet program, that was very helpful. Um, I don't know if people are, people are probably not fellowshipping that much now, but eventually we will again. And that was, it was very, very helpful. So welcome. And then, and then also the other thing is there is your tribe out there. So many women would not sponsor me. So many would not. After six months, I got a sponsor. She was with me to eight years and I have her wedding dress. She gave me her wedding dress before she died because she knows how much I do want to partner. It's in her, it's in my closet. That woman meant so much to me. So it's possible. So if you can't find a sponsor or your tribe, they're, they're out there. It just might take a little longer than not. So welcome and keep coming back. Thanks again. Uh, Nancy D, please ask your question. Hi, thanks so much for your share. And I just had a question uh, about service. You talked about what a valuable thing, um, connecting at meetings. And well, I, I, I thought I heard you talking about that. And I wanted to know how else do you do service and program? What's worked for you? Um, service for me is um, I used to speak at, there was a panel we used to do, um, a, a, a and B Center, that was very good. Um, so like a recovery house for um, anorexic and bulimics. That was um, re really nice. Um, I also, um, besides being of service at meetings, I've been a delegate um, three times and just getting to see people outside of my meeting um was very helpful also um let me try to think for me i love treasury that by far is my favorite commitment um because i actively have to do something out of the meeting that <laughs> helps me um let me see what else service commitments at oa delegate um One, a major thing besides calling other fellows to see how they're doing, you know, that outreach portion, which is service, 
is also making sure you call your sponsor. When my um, sponsor who passed, she said, I look forward to our Sunday night conversations more than almost anything in the week. And then I realized I'm actually helping her because I always thought I was like dragging her down. But no, she liked to hear about my dating annex or, you know, she's a retired person from TV. She likes to hear about the new stuff. And so um, those have been my, my favorites. But being a treasurer, being a delegate, because it's a day that's not a meeting, going in, um, giving the reports back, those have been my um, favorite um, commitments. Besides, you know, I was the um, Zoom patrol with this, um, you know, with, with this for our inner group. And then I also, um, I have um, helped set up a lot of fundraisers. That That's something I like to do. I'll go and I'll set up the fundraiser. I might not stay for the bingo. I'm not, you know, I don't do that or that, but I, I will, I will do the setup. And I, I enjoy that very much. I enjoy it very much. Thanks, Megan. Uh, any other, oh, Andriette. Hi, quickly. Hi, Megan, I'm Andriette, possible reader. Thank you for your share. Quick question, you had talked about committing your food. Do you follow a specific food plan? I, I don't have a specific food plan besides this. I try to eat um, three um, meals a day that have a beginning, middle and end. And then I have snacks that are appropriate. So I try to, um, I'm a grazer by nature. I'm a person who likes to eat something every half an hour and never ever get an empty belly. So I had to, for me to start shedding weight, I had to have space between my meals so I have to, to do that. And I know like recently my mind has want, wanted to do that. I have to put a timer on my phone. I know that may seem silly to some, but for me, it gives me parameters around it so that I'm like, okay, it's been two solid hours. And I used to do that at the beginning of my recovery when I came in 12 years ago. But now I know my life is out of balance and I'm at a new job, I'm a little nervous. So instead of letting those nerves take over and I've had way too many blueberries, which seems very sad. You know, I mean, it's not something fun, but you know what I mean? It's, it's blueberries. I can just be like, you know what? It's not time. Are you nervous? Yes, you're just a little nervous. Keep being nervous, drink, drink your water and focus on the screen, you know, or get up, walk around, whatever. And so no, but I, I have, I do have a few things that I know per what my doctor has told me um, and what works well in my body when I, don't feel more inflammation um, that I just, I just, I just, I just, I just try to eat, but it's what a lot of people eat, protein, veggies, those, it's like, a, <laughs> it's, not, it's not too fun and occasional fruit, you know, so. Okay, I, I think uh, at this point we have, maybe we have time for a very, very quick question if someone has one, otherwise we're getting real close to 620. Anybody with a real quick question? Okay, well, I'll turn it back over to our Secretary Murray. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much, Megan.